welcome to the Keelhauled Podcast. I'm the voice of Sea of Thieves, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news for you. So tie yourself to the mast and hold fast. Welcome to part two of the Golden Sands blog post interview that I had. This is the second half of the interview that we covered, and it dives into a lot more information going into more of this update, some thoughts on it, and uh, just how we feel. Um, if there is a time, I will see if I can squeeze in a story. If not, I will hold on to it for the uh, next week after that. And I'm looking to maybe do another episode this week, uh, hopefully covering some thoughts on Sea of Thieves and and uh, Series X gameplay. This week's episode is brought to you by four Patreons, Big Bad Pad, Chris Johnson or CJ Superpack, Chateau Noof, and El Jefe Esteban. Thank you all for your support on Patreon. It means a lot to me. It's a it's a tough balance to to because the the goal of this is is to give us something to do and to kind of have that Halloween uh, celebration that a lot of us are are hoping and expecting. You know, with with um, holidays coming up, we're expecting a, a Christmas holiday event where we'll probably get the mistletoe and we'll get the jingle bell uh, tavern song oh, yeah. back in, and we'll probably see some uh, different uh, different examples of kind of mistletoe weapons or costumes, maybe to to kind of round out the rest of that set. If you're just jumping into this episode and you're not sure quite what we're talking about, in the previous episode in part one, we were discussing how the cosmetics for this update didn't seem to really fall in line with the actual theme of the uh, event outside of them just being kind of a spooky, ghouly kind of system. And we were talking about how this update had potentially been something that was more to keep us uh, contented while they worked on bigger content like Tall Tales. Uh, as we dive into the rest of this update, I hope you guys go back, take a chance to listen to the, the previous episode, part one again. Uh, there was some good conversation, but as we get into the second part, you'll see uh, we really got on to some fun ideas and some good discussion. So thanks for listening. Um, and obviously with this event, one of the biggest changes that came into the game um, was the in-game tracking event uh, now at the end of of your uh, tabs where you can check out your equipment or your inventory quests reputation things like that at the very end we now have event tracking uh, this is something that a lot of people have been asking for this is something that has uh, been track or been kept track of through the website and still is through the website uh, a lot of the stuff is still available for you to dive into um, I wanted to to kind of touch on this before I jump to you guys. I am curious to hear your thoughts on this. I love that this is in the game. I think they've done a, a, a great job getting this in as quickly as they, they could, given uh, that they started to do these uh, weekly and monthly events um, that, that continuously change. Um, the, the biggest issue that I think I see with this is I hope this is the start and not the end of where they where they have the UI. Um, they're, they're definitely willing to tinker around with the UI, obviously, with the changes made to reputations and emissaries, uh, ledgers and things. Um, I From a design perspective, and I'm sure they know this, uh, but I have to state it just so that if someone's listening to this and they don't know, um, the events tab right now has a ton of great information, but it is easy to lose yourself in what level you're in um, if you aren't familiar with the actual update information. And 
generally is a good, good rule of thumb. You, you don't want to push someone more than three clicks deep into any UI element uh, so that they don't get lost in it. And I think the deepest I found was five clicks, which at that point when I first started the game, uh, I had been reading the patch notes and diving into the events tab. I immediately got lost on what part of the event I was actually in. And I actually had to go back to the website to actually kind of orient myself on what part of the event I was actually diving into. Because we've got the the normal part of the event, which is actually just going out and dealing with the actual um, the, the fate of the damned voyages. Uh, we've also got the uh, the soul flame lantern portion of it where you just have to go out and kill 200 and 400 uh, skeletons. And then we'll eventually have the um, the the oh gosh, um, stronghold spoils. Yes, yeah, thank I think you, that one you'll get... is um, available right now. I think that is a yes. static one as well. But that yeah, is that's we... a lot. Yeah. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Um, I'm sure you you're just as happy as I am to to have the events tab in game. But how do you uh, just to kind of start with the top of it? How do you feel about the UI? And then I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are uh, in how this affects um, Golden Sands blog post with um, with having this information for you. Yeah, I, I'll say right off the bat that uh, the problem you just described, the confusion factor of trying to make kind of sense of the well, the large amount of information you're presented with through sub tabs in this big list format um, is that that's really honestly the, the, the reason that I started golden sands blog post. It was um, not that there was like a lot of sub menus and things, but it's uh, when you had the build rat adventures and things, and you're just presented with a large block of information. Um, I, found that some of my friends had kind of a difficulty keeping track of what they needed to do when they were presented with, uh, you know, 10 commendations and trying to keep track of all of them and think like, okay, we're doing this, but don't forget that we need to kill X number of these while we're doing it. And we need to, you know, and you had the gunpowder skeletons and things like that. And so I think that what we try to do with the blog is take the information you're going to get from the game just what you would read in game, but just kind of rearrange it and represent it in a way that makes it a little more readable, makes it a little more and, and frames like, well, in, in, you know, a, a simpler way to read, it just tells you right out, this is your overarching challenge for the month. And within that, you've got these main little, and then we kind of present it in that way that will hopefully break it down easier for people. Um, but the fact that we have to do that, uh, and, it does go to your point that it can be a lot and it can be up, I think, presented in a way that's better. If it was presented in a way that's, you know, it, in game, it was like, well, here's the tab of things you can do over the whole month. And here's the tab of things you can do just this week. And then, you know, you just that would immediately make it very easy to read what's the difference between this challenge and that challenge. What are the things I need to keep track of right now and, and have on my mind? Or what are the things that I don't need to pay attention to when I'm looking at a list of 15, 20 commendations or whatever? Um, I, I agree with you there that uh, the way they present this information can go a long way uh, towards one, people's understanding of it. And then be from that, people's eagerness to engage with it. Mm. No, definitely. Yeah. Dre, how are you feeling? 
Yeah, and no, I agree that the UI could be a lot better. They've, I don't know, just talking purely about the events tab, the fact that this current event, Fated Fortune, is one of three options on the main page. Well, it's not even on the main page. It's just like the special events. It's, an, it's under its own tab or in, under its own option, which doesn't really help itself very well. It's good that the information is there in game versus like the Summer of Sea of Thieves, where you had to keep checking back with the website and then hoping that that was tracking it properly. Um, so it's indefinite improvement, and I would like to see them improve on the UI. But yeah, the UI hasn't necessarily been a particularly strong point because the build tracks ones can be pretty messy. There's one, like there's some stuff I was looking at at trying to figure out what commendations I needed to do under mercenary one, I think. And there is about nine pages there alone where they just kept <laughs> throwing stuff up into it as as they kept updating it. So it right. is like and- yeah, that's one way I think that on. this this event uh, tab in game, uh, it's not just going to change like, oh, we used to have to look at the website. Now we don't have to. I think it's going to change a lot of the way they put present challenges going forward. Yeah. And it's that's essentially going to phase it's going to phase out that mercenary tab. So I think that you're still going to have a maybe a, a build route adventure tab for a long time permanent challenge, like something like the Ashen Winds, which came with its own tab in the build route menu. And you go to that tab and you have these challenges and they're there forever. And some of them are kind of a long-term thing you'll have to work towards. But when you have a set of challenges that it's meant to be more just for this monthly thing, which is what the mercenary tab was for, that gets really un- unwieldy. And and, um, and I think that the event tab will just kind of replace that. If you want something that's just this Hopefully. month, it will be in the event tab as a special event. And if you want something that's a long time and permanent, it will have its own little box under build rats. Even if like they kept it as it did add in still to that build rat tab if they highlighted it under events as in this is the new thing under the events as well as it being in the other place so that when it's retired from that month it stays in game somewhere but just highlighting it and getting people's eyes on it that's right. like that's a good part point. of the challenge i think that's also partially why they've introduced mysterious notes which we haven't really touched on um is to bring people's attention to certain things that are happening within the game that the information might not be so obviously surfaced to some players. Well, Drake, you bring up a, a great point, and I and I do want to touch on mysterious notes because um, I personally have sp- I've spoken about in the past, and I'm not sure if you guys are privy to this uh, about my thoughts on the mysterious notes and what I think a better implementation would be for those. Um, I've even seen around online uh, some pretty decent mockups as well. Um, I wanted to bring up the the disconnect that i have with the ui implementation in sea of thieves real quick mm-hmm. and see if i'm crazy or if this is actually just something that is is just an an, an oversight because um with the with the mysterious notes we now get these from uh the build rat company when you first spawn in uh first off i really i can't believe that we have an option to skip the intro but we still have to go through mm-hmm. a wake up animation um that seems a little bit like an oversight yeah, yeah it's it's a one one step forward one step back kind of we're stuck at, at the same spot that we were we're not getting into the game faster we're just getting into the game in a different way Unfortunately, uh, yeah. but that's a 
a whole different uh, topic. But with the mysterious notes, it was clear that Rare wanted to make a tangible item for our pirates to hold to be aware of new content. The problem that I run into is the disconnect between the Ships of Fortune updates with the tables that have the little pop-up UI that shows you um, the, the, it has like a, I don't know if you would describe it like a, a, it's a UI element, but it would be like a holographic image that kind of displays when you run up to the table and you see the little thing up in front of you. Same thing with uh, dropping a voyage. When you run up to a okay, voyage, yeah. yeah, it'll show you what the voyage is instead of having to physically pick up the voyage, open it up and look at it. Um, I have really, a really bad disconnect with seeing a, a a physical note for the mysterious notes on what we're what we're getting new updates for and thinking they really wanted this to be an in-game item that is something that's tangible that that leaves leads into that immersion with a game and as soon as i grab that voyage or get the voyage from lorena i run over to my uh ship i put the voyage down i vote on the voyage and it immediately pops up a ui element that tells me what that voyage is and i'm like well that is not immersive at all so if we're going to break immersion then why not have something akin to a, a bulletin board or say like the the um the ui elements that came up with the actual uh curse sales event where you would yeah, go you over those stands there'd be yeah there'd be a physical thing so i'm curious how do you how do you guys feel about the way mysterious notes was implemented um would you rather to have more of like a static board or or something that kind of led you to uh something i was i was thinking like a bulletin board but had all of the uh four to the damned aesthetic uh with little gourds around the bottom base of the actual uh pillar posts and and they could change up that bulletin board given the event yeah. uh, so say like when christmas comes it's got little mistletoe and bells and you know what what have you around it um is that something you guys would be would would look forward to or are, are you thinking that the mysterious notes are uh, a, a cleaner way of of introducing that information to players it's a difficult one i really like the idea of a bulletin board and think that is something that should exist or sort of existed along for a long time on um the outposts it just gives the outposts a little bit more of a reason to exist uh, you can just sort of check that out see what's happening get onto your voyages rather than just them being a place where you quickly stop off and sell your goods um and but i kind of see where rare is coming from with the mysterious note with a bulletin board it could be just like what happened with duke and is potentially going to happen with lorena it's something that players can just run past and not interact with when they start a game or not know to interact with to get information about a new thing or a new feature with the mysterious note it's there as soon as you wake up and it's in your hand you look at you you're more drawn to want to look at it and read it. But then also the mysterious note feels like it was a step before the events tab. And then the events tab is what the mysterious note could potentially have become. So I don't know if it's come at the wrong time or I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult one. I'd like to see them expand on it and maybe work on other ways to get this information to players within the game. But I think that might even just be a complete overhaul of the tavern and how that looks. Yeah, that's something that Dre and I had talked to each other about and I had talked on the conversation about a lot was how could that be different? How could the tavern space be used to 
inform players about what's going on and have uh, basically just a, a better way to do all the function that Duke was doing because he wasn't necessarily doing it all, all those functions very well. And the bulletin board is something we've brought up a lot. So I mm-hmm. think the, it, uh, there's definitely a benefit to not doing it as a bulletin board to have things that are in your hands or just in your UI, like the event tab, because then if you're trying to look up a challenge on the event tab and you're on an island doing the challenge, you can quickly just pause, you know, go to the menu, look at it, remember what that challenge was and like, oh, I'm up to 16 out of 20 or whatever on this thing and I got to do that. Um, whereas if it was just on a bulletin board in the tavern, you'd have to go back to check it out. You wouldn't, you know, and, yeah. and so for certain things, a bulletin board can work well. And for certain things, a bulletin board might not completely work well. And I also agree that potentially people could just ignore it. People, you know, and I think that this is just kind of a way of them trying to get really in your face with it. I think part of that was also why they put Lorena where she's standing. Is that yeah, when she you hasn't walk, moved so far. Right. When you walk through the door, you walk past Lorena. You you can't not walk past her. You you might not talk to her, but you're gonna see her. And if you're a new player, I don't know if people were necessarily seeing or talking to Duke. If you went up and talked to the tavern maid, you it was useless. There was no reason to talk to her. So then a new player might assume that oh, talking to Duke is useless. Or I talked to him last month, and I don't understand that talking to him every month is going to present me with new information. Um, and so putting a note right in their hand to look at, it kind of gets around any confusion that's possible where, no, you're getting the new information. It's right there. And you don't really have an option to just ignore it. I mean, you can kind of put the note away and not look at it, but it, you're way more likely to see it. So I, I kind of want a combined approach. I'd like to keep the notes, uh, but I would like to have the bulletin boards. I would like to have more NPCs talking about what's going on. Um mm and more kind of things like that. And there's one thing I've been talking about for a long time, which is that there's a broken down staircase in the tavern leading up to who knows what's up there. Um, But that's a a potential space that can be used for something as well. And I think that having a more bustling outpost of NPCs with more dialogue that's maybe changing frequently to reflect what's going on in the story, even if it doesn't necessarily have a gameplay purpose, you know, it might guide players towards new content or it might just be there for flair and for uh, immersion and, and, and telling more of the story. Um, that is something I'd like to see a lot in those taverns and on those outposts and then the bulletin board as well. Yeah, I mean, saying that about just giving the NPCs more flavor, going back to Curse Sales, I believe some of the NPCs had different dialogue during that. Or at the very least, they all pretended to be scared of the potential threat of the skellies. They were locked out, right? They were locked out of their uh Well, shop. yeah, or maybe that was it, yeah. And then they yeah. were cowering around the the skeleton uh, uh, signpost, and, and they all had unique dialogue. Yeah, that was... that event. Yeah, that was neat. <laughs> and it felt dynamic. Explored. Yeah. It felt like something that was that was happening in the world and it was mm. being reacted to beyond just us. Every time something really I mean, we had an entire fort mm-hmm. convert into portions of 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 the, the Sea of the Damned, and everyone on the islands are just like yeah. all right, well we've, we've got happened. a big shouty skeleton head in the sky and nobody's yeah. really said anything about it. It's just like right. he's there. An island over sometimes from an outpost going, oh, I'll fight you and come over here and uh, put up your dukes. And no one sort of like mentioned him. 
Umbra highs now, but yeah, my favorite is the um, if you're doing an Ashen Lord uh, fight oh, yeah. on an island, <laughs> and there's like an, a, a a cargo NPC, uh, you know, Crooked Henry or whatever, <laughs> Wild Henry, and he's just he's like, hey, I love uh, living on the island, and I just sell plants or whatever. Like he's just not reacting at all. And if you just maybe yeah. changed his animation, like have a little bit of a cowering animation, like they had. And then change one line of dialogue like, boy, it's tough running cargo, but it's, you know, someone's got to do this job while there's a scary mm-hmm. skeleton uh, uh, raining volcanic rocks on my island. But um, little things like that is something that I'd like to see a lot more of. And something this update has done something kind of cool with, with uh, the week to week challenges and in, in how you go on a voyage and you talk to Duke and now you as part of a voyage you're involving an npc with his own new kind of dialogue and that's something they haven't really done before yeah especially as during those voyages those npcs have a unique piece of dialogue which is quite cool and like something i'd like to see fed into other parts oh you know that actually brings up a, an issue that i found um mm-hmm. went out and about the other day uh so if you have and and i don't know if this is something that'll get fixed but if you have one of these voyages down and say you have to go talk to uh merrick to retrieve his boot that the bilge rat crew uh so slovenly mm-hmm. knocked off the dock uh you can't turn in anything to, to yeah. merrick I've and that, that when i did it as well i was like that's really strange yeah why you're locked out of that yeah, so that was kind of a bummer. So even after um, we had a, a we had a galleon and a crew member of mine had a crate of fish to turn in, oh, no. and we were sailing off to to go just you know continue on our voyage. Uh, as soon as we uh, got there, he's like, "I can't turn anything in," and I'm like, "Oh, you have to give him the boot." And he's like, "What boot?" And I'm like, "The boot that's in the water next to the dock." And he's like, "Okay." So he went, he got the boot, he turned it in, still couldn't turn anything in. And he's like, well, this sucks. I have these really nice fish that we got and I can't turn them in. I'm like, crap, we're going to have to, Good we're going to have to actually yeah. cancel the whole voyage. So that's something that I hope changes. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest drawback to the system that is being used for these NPCs as turn in points is that they have to be static for whatever reason. We've never had roaming NPCs. Yes. We've had NPCs change position, but never actually walk around. You know, it'd be great to have Dead Eye Dre, uh, or not, sorry, Charlotte, <laughs> Dead Charlotte. Shot Charlotte, Deadshot Charlotte. Yeah. Sorry, I always think of, it's fine. I always it's think like, of before Dead Eye, I was gonna go with Deadshot, and I was like, God damn it, Deadshot Charlotte's in there. <laughs> I always think of you when I think of of Deadshot Charlotte because I just like Dead Dead Eye Dre better. It's just a better name. Hey, um, Dead Charlotte. But yeah, so so having her like walk around, you know, and, and as you're Charlotte sailing up, she, yeah, yeah, like patrolling an area and have her, you know, you're pulling up your sloop and you're you're pulling up the sail and you can see on the beach she's walking and a skeleton spawns and she pulls out her sniper and she just snipes the skeleton mm. on the spot and then goes back to her spot and she's like, oh hey, I uh, saw so you coming. Uh, you brought these guys. Thanks, I guess. Something like that would just be. It would be great to have that kind of liveliness to uh, all of the NPCs that are out and about. Oh, um, cool. it's just like, I've often had to. Memory. Yeah, I, I've Go long ahead. had this idea of, um, uh, you know, before they actually put those uh, those NPCs on islands, like the the Deadshot Charlottes of the game and the Wild Henrys. Before those existed, I thought 
they have all these campfires and uh, it, it would be a cool thing if, you know, when you approach an island, it will then populate it with some randomly generated loot that is maybe on the island or maybe in the water uh, deep along the, the shores in the shallows. And, and they kind of populate things randomly. Um, I thought it'd be cool if every time you approach an island and there's a, a campfire, there would be a chance that an NPC would spawn sitting around the campfire and um, they would create kind of an emergent voyage uh, akin to like you when you discover a message in a bottle and you're like, oh, I found this voyage. Maybe we can do it. But instead of it being just a message in a bottle or a quill, a parchment that's in a barrel, instead it would be a person sitting around a campfire, randomly generated, that would then tell you like, oh, hey, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I've got this voyage. Could you do it for me? And you come back and I'll give you some treasure or whatever. Um, and that was kind of a very early idea I had for the game. And, um, or they could do something even more interesting with it if it was like someone who says, oh, I'm cast away on this island, uh, you know, my crew left me behind. Could you, could I come with you aboard your ship and be delivered to Golden Sands Outpost or, or another outpost? Um, and you say, sure. And then you have this kind of NPC that you have to guide and protect. Uh, and if they die, then you just won't get any reward. They'll respawn somewhere else to be gone, you know, gone from your, from your options. But then if you get them there, then they're like, thanks, here's, here's some gold here's some uh, like uh here's some reputation because i'm actually a gold hoarder and i needed your help so hmm. or whatever things like that but that it's not it's not a very sorry it's not a very interesting quest but it, what it is is just more kind of immersive dialogue for npcs and stuff yeah it's just more immersive encounters that can enrich your adventure in a different kind of way from another time that you played and that's kind of It'd be real yeah just making more stories well, if you got attached to some poor guy and then attacked by like five megalodons as you try to get him somewhere else, you're like, no, uh, you know, swashbuckling Dave, smelly Steve. Uh, he got bit by the megalodon and now he died. We can't deliver him. Yeah, like yeah. you would create that weird little bond in that moment. You're like, no, we we lost Dave. Uh, that would always be kind of a funny thing. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna toss out the idea right now so it can get time stamped for uh, when rare actually implements it but um <laughs> they give us the ability to uh come across a pineapple that coincidentally happens to have a face on it and find out that gray morrow has trapped some poor souls uh <laughs> body in it or essence in it and you have to carry this pineapple around to the different people that he interacted with to, to kind of you know pass on his message of of sorrow that he's like hey you know i i i was I was smelly Steve. I'm now trapped inside this pineapple. I really would wish you don't burn me or eat me. But if you could take me to these different places to say goodbye, I'd really appreciate it. And then, you know, you have to go deliver smelly Steve, the pineapple king to, to the different places to, to go say goodbye to his friends. It's bittersweet, but amazing. I like that. Well, that's pineapple. You could do the same with like uh, an, a, a pet animal you come across a, a cursed monkey or a cursed parrot, sort of like salty. And they say, hey, I'm cursed. I'm actually a pirate. I got turned into a monkey. Um, do you want to you know, escort me to some other locations so I can tell people? And uh, you say, sure. And then they start following you around as if they're your pet. Hmm. But they also, That'd be cool. you can interact with them and get dialogue and stuff. 
It'd be great to have a story told like that, you know, have have someone with you, whether it be a pet or a pineapple or a person and have that opportunity to get, uh, a, you know, the same way that stories are told through the tall tales. But you have to sit there or not uh, at the NPC and listen to their story, but to have someone with you along the way and be like, oh, man. Yeah, we tried to we tried to do the the heart of fire. We tried to go after Stitcher Jim and it was horrible. These are the things that that happened to us. And you know, as you're going along this tall tale to seek out Stitcher Jim, they're relaying the the their account of what happened and you're trying to help them uh recover the souls of of their uh crew and they were the sole survivor, you know, something to yeah. that effect. Something I mean, that kind of like goes with an idea that I think Jeff has also had for a while is just having tall tales that aren't necessarily part of a larger overarching story. Like that obviously fits in or could fit into other things that have happened with tall tales, but just a tall tale that is a story. Oi there, pirates. I uh, hope you guys are having a good time enjoying this uh, part two of the episode. And I just want to let you guys know, again, this episode is sponsored not only by the Patreons uh, or patrons who have decided to support me that way uh, so they don't have to worry about hearing these advertisements, but also by uh, many other sponsors in the uh, actual show notes if you guys head over there we've got loot crate we've got uh, audiobooks.com there's also uh, the green man gaming affiliate link which i tend to prefer uh, which is is really nice i mean audiobooks are, are really nice to be able to listen to when you're at work if you run out of podcasts but if you're looking to play some games and you do have a pc uh, green man gaming is a great way to get some uh, keys for games legitimately at a cheaper deal in fact uh, call of duty black ops cold war just came out they're offering 11% off of their uh, versions that they can give you for the battle net that way you don't have to worry about whether or not you're you're getting some sort of discount you'll always get some sort of discount with that they've also got a pretty good deal that's going on if you're a fan of Warhammer if you if you maybe really love the uh, the Inqu Inquisitor or Space Wolf uh, any of those games uh, the mechanic Kiss and uh, uh, those are going on till November 24th and you can get up to 80% off is the highest discount for those games. So head over to Green Man Gaming if you guys are looking to pick up some games for your PC and want to save some money on it. Thanks and I'll talk to you guys later. What do, you, what do you guys think about the uh, the the idea? Obviously, we have Ghost uh, Grey Morrow in in Sea 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 Thieves now. Uh, with the Ancients, they've always been very kind of abstract um, mm. things to us. Having spirits that we come across on islands that walk us along, similar to um, you know, like a, a um, oh gosh, what's his, Ramsey. What's his no, uh, big mustache, Pendragon. Oh, Pendragon. Um, right, right, right. Having Pendragon and his crew kind of, uh, but but as if it were the ancients, having the ancients actually escort us around, telling us stories that relate to uh, the different um, paintings yeah. and, and, you know, their lives uh, on islands. And, and, you know, having that implemented, say, like with... Um, tall tale traps where you're you're walking around through uh devil's ridge and the traps are now active because you're you're engaging with this ghost and the the ghost the spirit that killed them are the traps that that you now have to deal with mm -hmm. uh kind of a, a voyage system through through there i'd love to see some some changes up to the to the island that they've been doing 
Um, I did want to touch on a couple quick things with uh, with this update, just so people have the information. Uh, I don't know if you two have ventured out to the Ashen Lords uh, since this update. I have. I I have completely changed my mind on the Ashen Lords. I actually really like the encounter now that they've had the, okay. the health reduced and the Ashen Wind Skull. Uh, the the value of the Ashen Wind Skull has been doubled. And you actually get uh, a chest of rage and a ritual skull as rewards yeah. uh, anytime you actually fight the encounter. So there's there's a bit of a bread bread uh, crumb trail with these event with this event now. And the fight with um, a well crewed galleon, I think, took us around 15 minutes to knock out. Nice, and it felt it felt perfect. It it felt spot on as far as uh, balance. And I'm curious if you two had ventured into that that territory again and if so what your thoughts on it were well i you know i think um that's one thing they've done a good job of is gradually maybe they don't nail the balance on everything right out the gate um but they are studying kind of engagement or 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 analytics or whatever and and looking at things and making those changes and so i think that um the the ship cloud uh kind of fleet skeleton ship fleets um those have been quite changed over the you know over this year yeah yeah Mm -hmm. drastically changed in terms of what are your rewards you're getting and maybe some buffing or uh nerfing uh excuse me to some of the more annoying like cursed cannonballs and things like that so um and then yeah with the ashen lords so i i think the ashen lords fight is really good i had a lot of fun with it and I like that it can create kind of a, if for us at least, the way I play with some of my crew mates, uh, is created like a loop where we do the Ashen Winds battle and now we have an Ashen Winds skull. And because we have an Ashen Winds skull, that is going to inform what we do next. Because, um, you know, if we run into skeleton ships, sometimes we would not engage with them. But because we have the, Ashen Wind Skull, we're like, oh, let's go after that skeleton ship and set them on fire because there's a commendation for doing that, you know, X, X number of times. Um, or another one would be, you know, if you complete an Ashen Wind Skull and then a fort comes up or a another Ashen Winds Cloud comes up, we could say, oh, let's go do that because now we have the Ashen Wind Skull to set skeletons on fire with and it makes it more fun to fight skeletons. And the same goes for a chest of rage. Actually, one of my favorite activities they did in the game. And then they took it out. Uh, was the chest of rage voyages, the raging bounty voyages, which were a loop of yeah. basically you go and you get a chest of rage, and then you go and do a little fight with skeletons, and you can use the chest of rage against them. And when you've got like four crew members kind of circling this chest of rage and like striking it with the sword and trying to bring the skeletons in so they get hit by the the explosion of flames. Um, it's a very different battle than the normal G- fighting the skeletons with swords yourself. And it just feels different, so it's kind of something new. Um, and then they took that voyage out. Um, so getting a guaranteed way to get a chest of rage is fun. Getting Having a guaranteed way to get the Ashen Wind Skull is fun, because both of them just feel like fun tools um, that then kind of inform what you do next. Hmm. kind of yeah. wish that the Ash and Wind Skull kind of interacted with a little bit more in the world. Like you could light things. I mean, you can light campfires. Maybe if you could light, light the beacons. 
or light other players on fire, that'd be a little bit more interesting. Even if there was just another element out there in the world that you could try and get to with a skull and get a combination for lighting it, that'd be also pretty cool. But um, yeah, since the change, I think it's really good that they give a guaranteed chest of rage because those things are incredibly rare. The only thing that ever actually guaranteed a drop before this was Molten Sands Fortress, I think. Mm-hmm. And that one's an interesting thought to do, but it's always really out of the way whenever it comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's been a really nice change. I'm glad that they're listening to some of the feedback mm-hmm. or at least seeing the, the, seeing the interaction with those events and trying to make them more enticing to players to go venture out. So, yeah. Um, Making it one like, thing, uh, yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, just like making the encounter with the Ashen Lord as well, like reducing the health, helps you to want to go and do it. Because if you're going to be stuck there for like an hour and a half trying to kill this thing, that only ups the chances of another crew coming along and being antagonistic towards you. Obviously, you want to try and get in there, get out as quick as possible. Um, you're going to be the same with a fort. So reducing the health has probably helped that a little bit. It definitely has. Mm. And and I appreciate the fact that the that they give you a ritual skull now. So especially mm-hmm. with this event, uh having to do this in the fourth week with other crews, um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how people use the the well of fate lantern colors to uh make the the skeletons vulnerable and then using a the uh the, the skull ashen. flame. Yeah. The That'd be a really cool way to take skull. out like, the fall of the damned, actually. Yeah. Mm. I, I'm curious to see how that works out because it's going to be a, a kind of a, like I mentioned before, breadcrumb trail to the Fort of the Damned with this event. It's going to be really nice to go do an Ashen Winds mm-hmm. and still have time to go do a Fort of the Damned. Um, the thing that I've I've noticed uh, is yesterday I was sailing with some friends and um, we were going out to just kind of hang out and do some some stuff, uh, part of our community. And we saw that someone had started up uh, a Fort of the Damned and everyone started flocking to it. Mm-hmm. And one thing that... Um, I, I would like to know as I'm kind of sailing around the Fort of the Damned is a huge indicator that someone is actively trying to do something most of the time, not always, but most of the time someone's trying to actively do the fort there. Uh, you don't really see that with the skeleton ships or the ashen winds or the skeleton forts. Uh, a lot of the time you see those pop up and until they go down on their own, you're never quite sure if someone's actually working on them or if um, if they just kind of despawn on their own time. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see if there was a change to the indicator of those events that give people an idea of, uh, you know, if someone's actively working on it to, to help kind of uh, promote some of that that player engagement, yeah. some of that PvP that you, you can get out there. Because some people really want that and it's harder to know uh, if that's if if something's going on or if it's just up and no one's actually doing it, it's like I think during like the first year or so, it was like a, a rumor that on the skull cloud, if it was had like uh, red or orangey eyes, it meant someone was doing it. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think that's ever been proved true, but having a way to know that oh, there are some other people over there. Either we can avoid that. Or, hey, let's go over there, try and alliance up or cause some mischief. It'd be nice. Right, I agree. Yeah. I think that kind of plays into 
some of the logic behind the uh, emissary system where it's mm. sort of a, you can opt into this increased rewards, but it's also going to give other people around kind of an idea of what you're doing and uh, an ability to maybe track you. Um, and that is an added risk. And so I think that the same could go for those big event uh, clouds that have more rewards than usual. You're going to get more rewards if you go do that, but you're also going to communicate to other people that you are doing that and it might increase the risk. Uh, because I think that the way that they played out kind of early in the game, when there was just the skull forts, they were really reliable spots for PvP. And mm -hmm. you don't quite see that anymore around any of the clouds. You might get PvP, um, but it used to be, you know, a, a fort would pop up and they only really popped up, I think, every three hours. So if mm -hmm. you saw one on your server, chances are somebody on that server wants to do it because it's not going to pop for another three hours and there's going to be a conflict. And, and that is kind of the point. So th that has kind of eroded over time and they're no longer very competitive, but instituting at least just a little bit more of that. Oh, I can see what other players on the server are kind of up to, uh, whether they're emissaries, whether they're doing reapers or whether they're maybe doing a, f uh, a cloud battle thing. That would be great. I'd like that a lot. We have seen that in a and in, in not to discredit the dev team on this because as as we were talking about it, I did realize that this actually has been kind of the trend. Um, for example, Flameheart, uh, when when Flameheart's in the sky, if someone's uh, if you're doing it and someone comes in, uh, they actually announce that to the, yeah. the players that are in the area. Um, I'd like to see it both ways. I'd like to see it that if uh, you know if if someone's doing the the flame and i know i know people are going to hate me for saying this but if flameheart was active and someone was actually taking down the forts if there was just a broadcast wide sir c c wide uh like or you know yeah how dare you and everyone is just alerted to the fact that flameheart was fighting someone um, that that would be kind of an indicator kind of goes back to the idea that that Chapman had forever ago where we uh, had we had the Kraken and the Kraken and the Skull Fort were the two events in the world. And the idea of the Kraken was that everyone on the server would know that there's a Kraken going on and they would see the tentacles and they'd flock to the uh, to, to the fight to either take down the Kraken or to take down the ship that's fighting the Kraken and take their treasure. And I never ever felt like that was the case. It always felt like the Kraken hit and the Kraken hit and it was either uh, a boon to the person you were chasing from the fort or uh, a, a detriment to <laughs> to you running yeah. away from the person, uh, from the people coming after you from the the fort um and i and i'd like to have something that kind of you know these are world encounters uh let's make sure that the world is actually aware that these encounters are going on aside from them just being up as mm -hmm. as we kind of rein in this this much longer episode than I, uh, I thought it was going to be. I hope you guys don't mind. Um, I'd love to get uh, Jeff and Dre, your, your thoughts on uh, the event overall. Is, is it been a boon? Has it been a, a, a kind of so-so? I know we talked a little bit about it being kind of recycled content, which I know some people have that sentiment. So um, what are some of your thoughts on it? Do you feel like the, the people that feel it's recycled, is that validated or, or do you feel this is different enough? Well, I, I think that um, uh, to an extent, absolutely, this is recycled content. This is not a drastically new uh, gameplay change. There's not really a new feature that is like something different than we've done before. Uh, 
I think that what it sh- what it does for the potential though, there's a lot of actually things that are new in there that that open up potential for even more exciting events later. So when you look at the event tab being in game, that's going to really change the way that they can do these challenges outside of the game. These so the website events that now are really part of the game. That is going to really, I think, help with engagement and giving people something to do that isn't so far out of the way for them to figure out that it's even going on. I think most players don't even know these events are happening. So that event is huge. And then the the one is the, uh, the ability for them to do a multi-week thing without forcing uh, a game update where they take the servers offline for a couple hours and then update the game and maybe introduce new bugs. Instead, they did this thing where they've got four weeks of, of different content in one build and they can just turn it on and off each week. That is a huge little innovation that I think now it's, it's in their tool set. It's in their toolbox of things they can do in future events when they want to, when it makes sense to. And uh, I hope they stick with that. They also added some good lore, some good dialogue, little things that just kind of take something that is, yes, recycled, but put a spin on it. And uh, the way that you now have voyages where you talk to NPCs and do a little task for an NPC, that's never happened before. It, right now, everything that I've just complimented has been implemented in maybe the barest bones starting out. Like uh, this is an introduction to doing these concepts, but they're concepts that they can expand on. They can do more with this than just find a boot and give the boot to Merrick. That's just like the first try at this. And this is a very kind of simple idea, but there's more they can do with it. And that is exciting to me. And then beyond that, it's just recognizing the reality of, of the development situation that uh, we can't get as big of huge uh, new features that as frequently as we had been getting them during this period of difficult development with, with the global pandemic and with working from home, all the struggles they're facing. So I think that people need to take a little bit of a breath and know that one major new content is coming uh, and, and you just kind of have to be patient. That's just, it's nobody's fault. Uh, and two, they are putting a lot of effort into taking what is what some would call recycled content and making it as interesting as they can, making it a reason to engage with the game. And if you play the game for 40 hours a week, you know, this content's not going to keep you engaged. But I think that for the people who just wanted something to point them in a different direction when they log in for their weekly session, maybe maybe they only even play every two weeks and they log in and they see there's something to point them in a direction and some challenge for them to go do. That's enough. And the last thing I'll say is that if it's not enough for you, the new content, I really think the game is in a pretty healthy place with old content that is still like they've grown the amount of options you have. Whereas I think that at launch, when there was accusations that there was not enough content to do, it was pretty accurate and fair. Whereas now, if I want to do something different every time I play, I can. I could do something different for. 14 straight days and not repeat the same stuff. I could go do a different tall tale. I could go do the Fort of the Damned, a different cloud battle. I could do div voyages. I could be an emissary. I could decide to be a Reaper's Bones and just antagonize people uh, or Athena voyages or whatever. So I think that I'm not trying to make excuses for Rare. They're doing, they're putting a lot in the Pirate Emporium. That's not slowing down, but maybe the content we're getting as players is slowing down a little. I just think people need to look at the reasons for why that is have a little patience and uh, 
enjoy the content that is there that I think they're doing a good job with. Yeah, definitely. I'm quite happy with this update. Uh, for a lot of the same reasons, I think the event tab is some great base work, some great foundations that they can improve upon. Hopefully that they do see the um, criticisms about its UI and find a way to streamline that in the future. Obviously, they can iterate that, iterate on that, which is one of the wonderful things about this being an online and ongoing and a living sort of world rather than it just being static. Here's an update. It's not going to change. Here's an update. It's not going to change. They can take the information. They can see what's working and they can see what isn't working and adapt it so that it hits uh, in the way that they wanted it to. Um, I think that, yeah, this is recycled content. If you have no interest in Port of the Damned or the Flames of Fate, then this particular um, update isn't for you. If the rewards don't excite you enough to want to go and do some of the stuff that you've already done, then yeah, it's not for you. Hopefully they will do something in the future that is for you, and more than likely they will, because there's so many different things that they could do. I mean, I'm kind of all for them recycling content in new and different ways that kind of give it a different angle, give it a different understanding. Because like one of the big things is this is a really good one for lore. And so what they've done with just getting people to re-engage with the Flames of Fate, and the Beacons, and the Fort of the Damned, is that they've given a little bit of lore into that, a little bit of understanding of what's happening in the world maybe explaining a little bit more about the Fort of the Damned. I mean, we're only in week two. We haven't like seen the payoff of it yet. Hopefully the payoff will be really good and that we'll have a big revelation by the end of it as to what's happening, why these Shadows of Fate are here. But I'm all for them recycling other things and recontextualize, as a word, recontextualizing some of the things. Because I'd like them to do that with like the Ashen Tomes. Who, who still does the Ashen Tomes? Who still needs to get them? There's probably a load of players out there who still need to do Ashen Tomes, but don't necessarily ever get the chance to go and do those and to collect those. So, True. Yeah, making another event about that would be really good. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a really positive update, and there's a lot that there is there that they can build upon and make into something a lot more new or a lot more exciting for those players who maybe think this isn't particularly exciting, that... This is just a kind of run-of-the-mill, kind of just do the same thing that we've always done. But yeah, there's, there's definitely yeah. some big things happening. We just don't know how long it's going to be, and we don't know what it's going to be. I'm extremely excited to see how things progress, especially with uh, Captain Grey Morrow mm -hmm. um, constantly being brought back to to our world between the realms and seeing if maybe there is a, a culmination to his story and, and what becomes of mm -hmm. him. Uh, I mean, maybe we kind of turn the turn the table as it were and find a way to trap his soul. Mm, finally, possibly. you never know. He's, he's probably getting a little bit sick of being resurrected constantly and, and then just killed and then brought back and then killed. The poor guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we didn't really touch upon like the social media note that kind of does give a little bit of um, insight as to what's happening here with the, the whole Grey Did Mario you want to situation. bring it up real quick? Yeah, so there's just like a note that they brought up. Um, I'd have to quickly just bring up the image. 
and the translation of it. But it's basically written oh, in right. the runes, and it's something along the lines of what bring back. Uh, it's a whole bunch at the beginning. I don't quite understand. That is flame from pirates to camp. Uh, Easter flame, skeleton lord resurrects him, and the most important part is lord to face captain flame heart, uh, cage flame heart for eternity. Which is like, again, that feeds into the idea of well, grey marrow is all about binding and sealing people, but it also seems like there's somebody out there who wants grey marrow to get rid of flame heart. So. Yeah, and we know that yeah. Flameheart, when he was defeated the first time, he was, he was as, sealed he, as he says, he was betrayed by his own kind. And mm-hmm. so uh, what I think that the note kind of implies is that this is a faction of skeletons trying to resurrect Grey Marrow because they want him to defeat Flameheart. So not all skeletons are united under one banner. Not all mm, skeletons are yeah. working for Flameheart. It's really interesting that the skellies kind of have that facet to them because we all kind of think of them as just like faceless minions that all just do the bidding of one guy but they're all split off and uh, who they follow well it's it's really apparent that power power tr- attracts these skeletons mm-hmm. uh, we've got the ones that are willing to follow the warsmith we've got the the ashen lords that are willing to follow flameheart and it's clear that gray morrow has the skeletons uh, of uh the the well that the fate of flames yeah that shadows. follow him yeah uh, that that are you know each each group of skeletons is its own faction and each one aren't necessarily out to just kill us they're they're trying to do their own their own bidding and I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious if the Sea of Thieves is going to see a time where we start seeing these power struggles these territories kind of etched out and we start to see like okay well Grey Marrow is is has his stronghold over in uh the the ancient isles where his power is more more prominent with the uh combination of of the fort of the damned and old boot fort there that veil has been split between mm. the sea of the damned and stuff whereas flameheart is is kind of taking uh taking hold or, or taking place over near closer towards the shores of plenty with the reaper's hideout in wanda and stitcher gym whereas uh the gold hoarder um rathbone is is kind of keeping track of everything from the 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 uh devil's roar and in, in where his you know where tribute peak is and we start to see these these kind of um oh, i can't think of a good with these strongholds essentially uh to where where we're going to have these these three factions kind of mm. butting heads somewhere in the middle and how they're going to try and stop each other you know obviously yeah. uh rathbone wants all of the gold and the <laughs> only way to do that is to take out everyone that has gold on it uh gray Morrow is is trying to keep flameheart potentially locked away forever so that he can rule the sea and flameheart is trying to take over both the sea of the damned and the sea of thieves um in spite of of what's happened to him and where flameheart jr falls into all of this mm. uh but we're still a ways we're we're still quite a ways out from finding all of that stuff um i did want to wrap things up uh just to to give us a chance to have something to talk about in the future uh dre starting with you where where can people reach out to you if they want to uh follow you if they want to follow the golden sands uh, blog posts and stuff where can they get in touch with you oh they can uh follow me over on twitter I believe my twitter handle is smugglers dre um obviously you can also check out 
Golden Sands blog post for the articles that I write up on there, like all the guides, the uh, law stuff. That's the main places. I'm starting to try and do some Twitch stuff, and I believe that will be Dead Eye Dry over at Twitch. Awesome. And where, as far as the actual um, the the blog post, that's over on Medium. But Jeff, if people want to get a hold of you, where can they where can they hit you up? Uh, yeah, so I'm on uh, Twitter at Golden Sands Blog. Uh, that's the Twitter handle for sharing the blog post, but also I use it as my personal handle for within the Sea of Thieves community and Rare community. Uh, and then on top of that, we've got, uh, if you needed the, the web address, uh, medium.com slash golden hyphen sands hyphen blog post. Awesome. And if, if people are interested in contributing to the Golden Sands blog post, is that something that you guys are open to at the moment? It's not something we've really explored too much. Um, the one thing that I had kind of put some thought into was um, hosting guest writers if people wanted to create editorial content, if someone had a pitch uh, for a post and said, you know, here's what I think of this, or, or here's uh, the future of Sea of Thieves, or, or here's uh, something, any kind of angle you would take on more of an editorial take. Um, if you had a pitch and wanted to potentially be featured as a writer there, um, Medium makes that very easy. You create a Medium account, create a draft of a post, and reach out to me, and we can look at possibly publishing that on the website, and you'll obviously be the, credited as the, as the author on that. We don't generate any revenue uh, at all, so don't expect that. Um, uh, but we do have a Patreon, by the way, if uh, anyone wants to just throw it. We use that just as a tip jar. If anyone feels like throwing us a, a dollar or whatever, that's that's available. Um, but I'm not here asking for money. That's just, I felt like I had to, <laughs> had to drop that mention. Um, and I did want to say lastly, before I go, uh, just because I have the platform here, if anyone from the Sea of Thieves team is, is listening to this, which I assume most likely is, uh, I really want to see them put uh, traps in places, maybe on forts, maybe on skeleton forts, mm. uh, in a way where the trap has a a durability, it breaks down, and then you can repair it with wood planks, and then uh, you can use the traps against skeletons, but then it will break down, and then you got to go and repair it. So then you're fighting waves of skeletons on a fort, but then you can you could use the traps, and then you've got to re- keep them maintained, sort of almost a tower defense more style. Um, Anyway, that's way off topic. <laughs> I just I, I had to throw it out there. I've been thinking about that one for a long time. Um, but yeah, awesome. you know, thanks a lot, Logan, for, for yeah. letting us be on here. And it's something that we've been interested in and, and we love the podcast. So um, really happy to have had the chance to be on here and talk to you. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it's uh, a great honor. It's fantastic to be able to talk to yeah. you and just to hang out. Yeah. Great. It's it's my pleasure. I, I we've been following each other on Twitter for a long time. We've we've been in the community for a long time, and I, I I'm trying to make a point to go into my mind palace and think about mm-hmm. like all the people that I have talked to and all the people that I have yet to talk to. So I'm I'm trying to write down a list of like all the folks that I'm like I really want to get them on the show because I love it. You guys have been on that that list for a long time, and I'm glad that I finally got an opportunity to to have you join me. Uh, it's been a true pleasure getting the chance to sit down and actually chat with you. Um, these are the conversations that I, I, I love having with 
you guys as well as anyone else on just as we're sailing around but to get a chance to actually sit down for a couple hours and and actually record it all um is has been a real joy of I, I hope these are ideas that people like i hope people kind of latch on to some of your thoughts especially the traps or or uh, the lower perspectives and stuff and i hope we can kind of help try and form some more of sea of thieves together with the mm -hmm. with the devs and the community and, and see how people react to this um also can we get campfires on the outposts it's really crazy that you can't cook anything on outposts oh maybe the campfire or mm. the actual the actual uh fireplace in the tavern maybe please yeah. wow. <laughs> you know that really well, yeah, honestly, sounds like an you. oversight now that you mentioned yeah it. huh so well get on um, it <laughs> <laughs> well thank you guys for joining me uh i'm gonna have links to your your uh, social media stuff in the the show notes if anyone uh, is listening to this and didn't write anything down um it's all there for you guys and again thank you so much all right thanks a lot yeah thank you yeah so my much. pleasure All right, Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining in in the second part of this Golden Sands blog post special edition of uh, Keelhauled podcast, I guess. So if you guys are looking forward to uh, more content like this, definitely feel free to let me know over on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. Uh, C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com is the show email address. If you want to send in your stories or uh, suggestions, any kind of ideas you might have, uh, and if you guys are happy with this, feel free to join up with the Keelhaul Discord community. They are always out there hanging out, having fun, talking about next gen, um, doing all kinds of sailing, playing among us, all kinds of fun stuff. So I uh, love to have people in there hanging out, uh, chatting from time to time, sharing their lives and uh, making some new friends. And with that, Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of Keelhaul. Thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. My name's Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL, Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast.